0: You are listening to the airing cupboard, the podcast where the extraordinary stories of ordinary people get an airing. Phew, that's a mouthful. Hello and welcome back into the airing cupboard. First of all, I must thank each one of you for your messages of good wishes for my mum. They came from all over the world like many positive vibes of energy or little invisible threads of support and strength. I have passed them on to her and she was each time amazed. From Tasmania to Alaska. She says thank you very much and she's feeling better. Also, For those of you who want to brush up on the learning of a foreign language, this podcast is now available in French also. It is called L'Armoire à Linge. It is available through Apple Podcasts and Spotify and any other platform. And I'm going to also put a link to it on my website, theherringcupboard.org. So the story I'm going to tell you today is an extra story. And I say extra in the sense that it isn't part of all the tales that I collected during the winter. It is a story that has just been sent to me two weeks ago on the back of the blossom of a Japanese cherry tree. And you will understand why. And I just had to voice it now. I think I will just call the protagonist of this story by the initial of her name. So, this is the story of Kay. At the time, Kay and her little family had just arrived in rural New South Wales, in Australia, having left their hometown in Holland and their family life behind. Kay's husband had been in a dire need of a change he had gone through a bit of a low patch, one that had lasted. It had started with the feeling that he wasn't stimulated in his job, but soon he looked as if nothing at all could rejoice him anymore. He said he felt numb, and even the birth of the youngest hadn't really shook him out of it. So he had thought of a new life in Australia, with new challenges, by the weather. A life that would provide him with some sort of reset button. They had discussed it one night together, around a bottle of wine. And when he spoke about that project, Kay had seen life in his eyes. And his face was animated, as if he was shining from within. And she saw for a moment the man he used to be the one she had fallen in love with and her heart beat a little faster and she said yes let's do it and that is how they found themselves in a small town of new south wales her husband had got himself a job with a grain merchant company and she would just be a home mom by the time they had arrived the baby boy was eight months old and their daughter was four years old and of course, there was the dog. But he would have to follow later, once he had gone through the lengthy quarantine period. Kay remembers the day they had arrived in October at the house that had been rented for them. The street was wide and organized. On either side, stone and brick houses were aligned, bungalows all on one level. Behind their walls, or their fences, each one in its own garden. Agapanthus were flowering, and a mix of eucalyptus and deciduous trees were throwing some shadows on the street. And their house was one of those. A 1970s construction, with no surprises. As she walked through the square rooms, she thought the natural light was beautiful She liked the fresh coat of magnolia paint on all the walls. It had been sparsely furnished with second-hand furniture, but it was comfortable. It felt like a blank canvas, the blank canvas they so needed. The kitchen was bigger than she had expected, slightly extended into the backyard. In the middle was a beautiful old table. Kay caressed its blonde wood as she passed, and it felt soft and comforting. A vase with some roses had been left by the landlady in the centre of the table. What a welcoming touch, she thought, and as she lifted it to smell the scent, she noticed a mark in the wood of the table. The vase had been perfectly placed as to hide it. It was an initial, carved in the wood. H. She put the vase back over it and walked to the back door, eager to discover the garden. She opened the door and she stood there in awe. For in the middle of the garden was the most glorious jacaranda tree. Splendidly dressed in its vibrant coat of purple blossom, slightly shaking itself on the breeze in a shower of petals falling on the ground below. It was truly beautiful and peculiar in this backyard where the only other noticeable thing was a washing line spreading its four arms of metal. As she stood there, she heard her husband's footstep approaching, he stood behind her, she felt the warmth of his arm wrapping themselves around the waist, and his breath in her neck. It's perfect, he said, and in his voice she heard the promise of a new future, a chance of happiness. And the first six months had been happy, everything was new. Their first summer Christmas, the colourful birds in the trees around and the peculiar sounds, the smells of the eucalyptus in the air at the end of a very hot day, and the amazing call of the coca in the early mornings, sounding as if it was laughing at the new day. A new language for the children to learn and to master. There was a new town to settle into and new friends to meet. And the dog had arrived after his quarantine and he spent most of his time on the cool tiles under the table in the kitchen. The daughter had started kindy and the baby was walking. Her husband's jobs was demanding. He was learning a lot and he felt stimulated. He would come home in the evening, happy to be back. He would help Kay with the bath of the children and he would put them to bed while she'd get supper ready. Often she would find him asleep with a child loved in his arm and a book abandoned on his chest. She would wake him up and he would smile carefully extracting himself from the embrace as to not wake the child up. And then they would sit together at the kitchen table And while sharing supper, he would tell her about his day with enthusiasm and excitement. And the light of the candle that was carefully placed on top of the carved initial in the center of the table would dance with joy and promises in his hazel eyes. It felt good. They were just simply happy. But novelty wore off, and winter came, and with it came the rain, the damp, the shorter days, and came the lassitude and the discontent, and she watched it creep its way back into the man she loved, taking slowly hold of him, like a mild poison, altering his reality, changing him, taking him away from her, taking him into a place where she couldn't reach him, where she felt irrelevant and inadequate, a place of numbness and solitude. And as he eloped further and further away from her, she felt lonelier and lonelier. Summer came with its glorious days and made no difference. And months passed. He was sad. He had taste for nothing. He was listless inside. At first she had tried to deploy an amazing amount of energy to keep the boat afloat, to make him happy. But she soon exhausted herself and grew tired. Had it been a good summer for the jacaranda tree that year, had its purple bloom in the backyard been as magnificent as the year before, she couldn't have said. Some nights, the toddler would wake up and it was almost salvation to get up and leave the bed so strong with his negative energy be, even in his sleep. She would sit on the edge of the cot bed in the dark and take the child on her chest, his face lodged in the small of her neck, his little fat feet together in the palm of her hand on her lap. And she would smell his sweet smell and listen to his peaceful breathing. And during those moments she felt grateful and she knew she could go on. He had started coming back later most evenings, he would miss pastime and bedtime with the children. Sometimes he'd miss supper with her and she would eat alone. And it was one of those evenings. The children were in bed and she had just finished eating on her own. All she could hear was the fly screen of the back door swinging slightly on the breeze, closing and opening softly. The hot weather was turning and a cool change was on its way. She was mechanically following with her finger the little H engraved in the wood of the table. Who had engraved this? And she suddenly felt a bit overwhelmed. She could feel sadness welling up in her throat. She didn't like crying, but somehow the dog that was lying under the table must have felt it as he started wagging his tail there at her feet. And suddenly, all she wanted was to be there with the dog, in a big cuddle. So she pulled her chair away and crawled under the table, and she laid on her back there with the dog, both happy and comforted, protected from all and everything. And that is when she noticed it. On the underbelly of the table, on the light wood, in a black pen and large handwriting were written these three sentences. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And there, flat on her back, her eyes on the words, she marveled at the serendipity of life. And she read the words again. What had been welling up in her throat just came out. The dog wagged his tail even stronger. And deep down, she took a decision. She was going to be happy. And she started opening up to mums at playgroup. She spent more time chatting to others at the school gates. She took some art lessons and joined a yoga class and like that all the energy she had spent desperately trying to make her husband happy was now available to her and now that it had been unlocked and released it seemed to know no boundaries like a vital flow of life it seemed as if it was multiplying and taking all around her in its positive stream and she made friends real fantastic friends around the kitchen table with the children playing around them they shared stories coffees secrets cakes and hopes and a huge amount of joy and some evenings when the house was quiet and when she needed it she would go and lie under the kitchen table And there, with the dog, she would read again the words that were helping her shape her future. One early October evening, after one of those fantastic afternoons when the kitchen had been resonating with laughter, she stood out at the back door and she looked at the jacaranda tree, there, a few metres away from her, and she thought its purple had never been so vibrant. One day, as she was looking after the child of one of her friends, the phone rang. The child's mother was on the line. She was delayed. It would be hours before she could escape. And so she had asked her mother-in-law to come and collect her little boy. She had given her case address and she would be there at 5pm. And at 5pm, on the dot, the doorbell rang. A vivacious little lady was on the doorstep. She was there to collect a grandchild. Kay invited her in. The children were happily involved in the game, so she offered her a cup of coffee. And just like that, they found themselves sitting at the kitchen table, chatting happily. The lady had a very positive energy and the room was suddenly a lot fuller. She commented on how beautiful the jacaranda bouquet was. There, sitting in the middle of the table, in its ceramic white vase, Kay explained she had only just picked it a few hours before. The tree in the backyard was just beautiful at this time of the year. And the lady leaned forward and brought the vase to her, as to admire the bouquet a bit better. And by doing so, she uncovered the H engraved into the wood of the table. And the lady looked at it. Bemused, She ran her fingers over it and looked at Kay. She asked her where she had got this table from. Kay explained they were renting the house fully furnished and had no idea where the landlady had got it from, but she thought most of the furnitures in the house were second hand. And the lady looked at her, her eyes now round in disbelief, and a smile breaking on her face Kay saw her stand up push a chair back and disappear under the table all that could be heard was the happy voices of the children playing and the tail of a dog wagging on the cool tiled floor and Kay didn't need to look to know that Under a kitchen table, a little granny was lying flat on her back, reading three sentences she must have handwritten onto the wood with a black pen all those years ago. And outside, in the backyard, next to the washing line, the breeze was softly showering the jacaranda tree. this story will remain as it is unfinished and full of unsaid for you the listeners and for me the narrator and that is how it is because some stories just belong to us some we share some we do not I hope you have enjoyed this moment. I have loved the fact that the prayer that my mum repeats to herself in the hospital has also shaped the future of the protagonist of this story. That is why I just had to voice this story today and I couldn't wait until the next series. I hope it has taken you away from whatever is happening in your life at the moment. If that's the case, Please take the time to review the Air and Cupboard on Apple Podcasts or on whatever app you listen to your podcast and share it. More listeners means more stories. May your next few weeks be healthy and happy. And until we meet again in the Air and Cupboard, goodbye.